Thank you. Thank you. This is Immerse, the podcast in book. We are delighted to have you join us. Immerse is produced by Charlie Morrow, Sean McCann, and Bart Plantenga for Morrow Sounds, Vermont, and Helsinki, and Recital Edition, Los Angeles. This is Charlie Morrow for Immerse. Sound, light, space. Sound, light, space. This is Immerse. The podcast and book. Monica Bolas already wears many hats. She's an artist, music producer, audio engineer, and composer who is very involved in three-dimensional environments and the creator of immersive experience, especially in full dome settings. She loves exploring the fusion of multimedia art, science, sound, and immersive environments that submerge the audience in multisensory, sonic, visual, and tactile sensations. She's owner of Resonant Interactions, a company specializing in building immersive environments. I first met Monica in Denver, Colorado at an immersive gathering about 10 years ago. We were able to work together on International Planetarium Society events, including her current project, a sound experience survey to learn about and inspire exploration and technical implementation for immersive sound in the dome community. So I'm very happy to have discussed immersion with her. Good to have you with us, Monica. My name is Monica Bowles. I'm a digital digital artist, artist, audio audio engineer, engineer, and composer. composer. Back in in 2003, when we first perfected our um, SoundCube idea, a place here called the Kitchen Center, and another one called Harvest Works, commissioned a dozen artists to do pieces for it. Oh, yeah. And we just um, presented them again last night and at Harvest Works, and then it will go out to an art location called Governor's Island today through Sunday. So it's a, a kind of reunion. It was, it's been nice because um, the engineer who, from the Harvest Works side, worked on it, uh, has since written a book on immersive sound with with his partner. He teaches at NYU. Oh, yeah, Agnieszka? Yeah, Agnieszka, yeah, exactly. So the two yeah. of them, that's, this is Paul, I get Paul Jaluso. Do you know him? No, I haven't met him. Um, I've met Agnieszka, though, and uh, uh, was talking with her. We I put together a panel pitch for South by Southwest and with her and um, some other women in spatial audio. Oh, is that for this coming year or the last year? For the coming year, so we'll still, we'll have to see if we get accepted. But I think it's a strong panel. No, it sounds great. Well, I wish you well. Yeah. Well, she's uh, going to be the head of the AES here. Yeah, and I have that book. <laughs> oh, you have it? Yes. <laughs> of course, I saw that come out. I was like, I I need that book. <laughs> Oh, there's another one that came out in Europe, also, I think, through the AES. Um, a Danish uh, guy who, who had been living in Finland got, got his PhD there in spatial audio, and he's written a book as well. My original collaborator with all of this is a guy named uh, Brian Katz, who heads a spatial audio department in Paris at the Sorbonne. Yeah. And uh, he turned me on to this book. <laughs> awesome. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, it was a good gathering. We had to talk about what what spatial sound meant then, and and how it how people think of it now, and so forth. It was a 
a great panel last night. It's what we videoed it, so at some point you can see it. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of the idea of it's changed over the years. Um, substantially, uh, especially uh, Paul's idea is quite quite interesting compared to where it was, so it's, it's interesting to see the evolution. Yeah, sounds like it would have been an interesting pa- panel. Yeah, you'll have to send me the video when it's up. I certainly will. Well, what I wanted to uh, uh, discuss with you is immersivity itself, and uh, I'm, I'm writing uh, a book and doing a podcast uh, called Immerse. I was—I um, had two questions I was going to ask you, and you could, whatever way you'd like to answer them is perfectly wonderful. Uh, one, one is just your current work with immersivity and understanding of it, and then the other question, since my publication here is based on timeline, uh, to talk about how you got to your current thoughts about immersivity or going backwards, you know, from where yeah. you are sort of step deep, you know, deconstruct it, you know, move up or down the timeline. So that's what I'd like to talk to you today. And I am recording. Okay. Yeah. Sh- should I start with my work then currently? <laughs> Def- oh, definitely. Start with, start with now. Yeah. Well, I guess in uh, a week, I'm about to head up to the Cube at Virginia Tech. They have their 139 channel speaker array. And I'm presenting two pieces, actually. One piece is a piece I've been working on with Charles VC and we have uh, Ben Ephraim and Mike Sperandeo. They're all kind of you. Know, they're all kind of from our uh, Immersa community. Um, and then working with uh, artist Janet Fetter, and she's a, a musical artist who she's local from Boulder, but she plays prepared guitar, so using different objects to create different sounds and tones. So we've been working on that piece currently, and the first presentation was at the Conference of World Affairs in Boulder. And then now we presented it at the Fort Collins Outer Box Digital Dome a couple of Fridays ago, and then we'll be presenting it at the queue. And then I've also been working with a, a group of ladies on a project for sonifying and visualizing astronomical data. And I built a system, kind of an instrument for being able to use astronomical data to create different tones and different sounds that I can then improvise kind of on this instrument and it's a multi-channel. I just did a performance with it just last Friday, I think, but it's where uh, with a 16-channel speaker array and using gestural control to uh, be able to kind of manipulate some of the parameters and yeah, and using kind of exploring sound, uh, exploring the orbits of Venus and Earth around the sun, not just through tonality, but also through space and kind of like giving people an opportunity to actually experience what that sounds spatially and how to kind of sonify the spatial elements of space. <laughs> um, and then also kind of like the tonal, like how that affects the tone and the sound. So you're kind of getting this kind of data sonification through a couple different um, means. Uh, and just, I think it provided a really interesting, and I think also developing this system that allows you to kind of improvise with the data gives you, like me as the performer, this opportunity to actually find things in the data that I didn't, you know, just interesting patterns in the data that weren't really, uh, aren't necessarily apparent, you know, if you're just kind of looking at the data, but like when you can kind of experiment with it and try different ways of experiencing it, you can kind of get a, a chance to see and hear and experience the data in these different ways. And I think everybody that saw the show on Friday was, came out of it with, a lot of really interesting insights and and we're very kind of like interested in how things you know how, how their own interpretation of that data 
And so I'm presenting that as well at the Cube, uh, a very, a much shorter version of it. So I've got to work through that. And so those are kind of my biggest, my big projects that I'm working on right now, you know, and really diving into, I mean, the full dome planetarium, the com- combination of the visuals and the live performance and the spatial audio and the kind of 360 visual experience, I think has been, you know, is a very interesting platform and medium to kind of explore different concepts. I mean, our current concept is, or the, the piece that we're doing there is called Intopia, and it's around um, exploring the duality of dystopia and utopia and kind of our different interpreta- human interpretations of those. And, you know, artistically, we were, you know, discussing how utopia, like there's a certain ver- vision of utopia and there's a certain vision of dystopia that some people have and sometimes they're not like we were finding that like utopia a lot of times nature is very controlled and in dystopia the human has kind of lost that control to nature and nature's kind of overtaken you know and so we were saying that there's different versions of but for us like we're looking at some of these images of dystopia which was pretty much nature just kind of overgrown and taken over humanity really and you know and we're kind of recognizing that that it was actually beautiful to us and that there's like subtlety in wanting to accept kind of maybe these like this lack of control to nature a little bit more and so kind of exploring and our piece kind of you know chaos and geometry and form and uh, non-form and kind of the the juxtaposition of some of those elements and uh, you know and I find immersive experiences and immersive spaces just to be a really interesting space to be able to contemplate and question some of our first our relation human relationships to some of these concepts and kind of ask is our view of duality and some of these dualistic like ideals always that there's these connecting points kind of in the middle and that those are important and that sometimes things that seem like they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum are actually very connected and that they're integral to creating kind of a whole picture and yeah I guess that's kind of just an overview of my work currently hopefully if you have questions and want me to dive into anything a little bit further on that well thank you that's a great overview I wanted to ask you specifically what what is immersivity um, when you use the when you use the word and you describe your pieces as as being immersive what what do you mean so, so I've actually been thinking a lot about this lately um, I don't know if you read my dome tour post that I I wrote but it was about um, just kind of the overuse of the term immersive and you know and I think there's two different ways that we approach the term immersive and you know I guess yeah the Latin connotation of it uh, kind of its initial definition was very much about submersion and it's like submerging something in a fluid you know and so there's to me there's this very 360 degree experience of submersion like if you're submerged in water if you're submerged in a fluid like you have a 360 degree sensory experience that's happening you know but then we also use immersion and immerse as like a as when we're talking about just getting lost in a field of study or lost in a book or you know it's like oh we get immersed in a story we get immersed in this experience and it doesn't necessarily have to have this 360 degree connotation it's more 
our mind kind of disconnecting from our reality and our present reality and just kind of moving beyond that, being in a different space than what our current reality is. Most of my work, I've it focuses on, you know, attempting to get people to kind of disconnect from whatever their reality is, but I think it focuses mostly on the 360 degree nature of it, you know, with the spatial audio, with the um, 360 degree projections, either like putting someone in a space that there's things going on all around them and like there's this full 360 degree experience happening around them. Now, I don't I don't work as much with VR or you know, AR, which I kind of think are some of the more like current. I know you're talking about how you're on a panel and how maybe this idea of spatialness has kind of evolved over time. And I know like the current kind of conversations around immersion are very much, you know, on the fields of VR, AR, XR. And, you know, most of my experiences come out of like the full dome world and the spatial audio world. So for me, it is a, it's a combination of like a physical 360 degree experience and having things kind of completely surrounding the audience member. Yeah, so that for me in my work, a lot of the immersion comes from the 360 degree element of and kind of submerging someone in an experience. Well, that's great. Well, would you now walk back or forward? How, like your earliest immersive experience leading then to where you are or a timeline from, from now, sort of walking back a step by step? I'll start at the beginning. Again, I've spent a lot of time thinking about why I'm so connected to creating these immersive experiences and why that's kind of what I've been drawn to artistically. And I, I realized the way that I sense and experience the world is very immersive. And like and the way I imagine, I, I, I just I have a very, very um, adept uh, visual and uh, auditory kind of imagination and also just a body kind of sensation. And so when I like imagine something I feel it and I see it and I hear it and it's almost like I'm in that experience and for me whenever I kind of come up with this idea or this thing that I want to be able to put out in the world I'm trying to create the experience that I'm having myself for everybody else and so for me the immersivity comes from my imagination and just my own experience of the thing that I'm imagining and I just want, I'm trying to communicate that um, as best as I can, which for me has become through this immersive kinds of technologies and worlds. So that's just from a very young standpoint, kind of, I, I think when I was little, I always loved, I loved having parties at my parents' house, you know, and having these themes and like decorating the whole house to this theme and having different, you know, different stories that were happening in that space. Uh, I know like when I was probably like 10, 11, I used to have these Halloween parties at my parents' house and my brother would help and I'd come up with these entire narratives and that we'd have these scavenger hunts across my parents' property and we'd have all of these little clues that would like get someone from one place to another and it was actually terrifying and for and i'm you know like amazed parents let their kids come to these things because i mean my my brother would have some of his friends we'd he'd like bury them in the ground and they'd just like be popping up out of the ground you know randomly and we'd have i just i remember one one experience we have a, a bomb shelter at my parents house and so you'd have to go down into this bomb shelter and there was like this kind of 
scary looking clown guy with an axe like standing in the corner of this this bomb shelter and right next to his foot is you know this this little scavenger hunt thing that you have to grab and so you're like going over there and you're so focused on him you're like oh my god what is he gonna do and then you go and you kind of pick up the thing and like nothing happens and then you're kind of turning out and the whole time you've been focused on him you don't notice this row of boxes kind of by the side and all of a sudden somebody just jumps out from there and it was just <laughs> it was uh, you know it was very frightening we had um, one of my friends you know would drop out of trees on people and and it was just creating this very um that I, I just I loved designing these stories and trying to build this experience you know for people coming over and uh, kind of going through this like Halloween kind of party experience you know and then I know when I was in high school like I took a digital media class and we had to like design I, I forget the exact prompt, but we had to design something, and I ended up designing this immersive theater. Um, it was a cube. It wasn't. It wasn't a dome, but I had this whole design for like this theater with projections on all sides and holographic projections, and like you know the seats would move in these different ways. Uh, and then it's just—it's always funny to me how things kind of come full circle. And yeah, a few years down the line, suddenly I find myself hanging out in these domes all the time, you know, and so that kind of happened in, I was just finishing up my undergraduate degree at CU Denver for audio engineering and music production. And one of my teachers wanted to kind of have this, this group for being able to experiment with like new multimedia technology. And I was, you know, very interested in all that kind of stuff. And so Dan Nefis over at Gates Planetarium opened up the planetarium for us to come in every Tuesday night and kind of have this arts collective group. And so we'd started going in there and they have a 15.1 channel speaker array. And this is like 2012. And so it's kind of, you know, what do you do with that? There's no digital audio workstation that just outputs to 15.1. You know, you so we had to kind of figure out our own ways to work with that. So we started working with Max MSP a lot. Um, using Ambisonics and kind of diving into exploring what it was like to kind of work in that space. And and then Dan invited us to volunteer at Immersa. The, my, my first Immersa was a somewhat, I, I feel like it's still like a nostalgic experience, but it was a, you know, it was just kind of suddenly meeting all of these people in the full dome community. We had, you know, the guys from SAT were there and they shipped out their a server and plugged it into the dome. They called it hijacking the dome. And, you know, they were putting on a bodysuit and like flying around through space and moving like, you know, objects around in real time. And you had, you know, Charles Vesey was there with Jane DePayne from IAIA and they were presenting V-Dome, which was their like new mapping software that they'd come up with. And then our group was presenting this audio stuff that we've been working on and you know and, and working with the VJ to do these kind of visuals so and I mean we had three live performances in the dome so it was you know I think we were running like four or five different systems in the dome and having to switch between these systems and it was just absolute chaos um, and but it was this really magical, like I didn't sleep the whole week and, you know, but it was this really magical experience kind of connecting with all of these people and just being like, oh, wow, like this is this really cool community I had no idea existed. And but and that there's like these amazing things that are happening in this space. And 
I think feeling like I, I wanted to be a part of it in some way. And, you know, it's kind of been one year after another and kind of I was, you know, I moved to Nashville and was doing more traditional audio engineering and music production, but kind of kept missing the more immersive stuff. And so I went back to grad school um, at CU Boulder for creative technology and design. And my thesis was building a 360 degree multimedia performance piece for the Black Box Theater that explored resonance through the lens of physics, psychology, art, and music. And I created a space for people. The first part of it was kind of more of like an art installation and people could come in and they could interact with things in the space and they could walk around, they could have conversations, they could just sit and look and listen. And then there was, I created the second movement, I created a composition based on the room modes or like the resonant frequencies of the space. And, uh, you know, and it was a very visceral experience that people had to kind of walk through because the sound changed in a three-dimensional plane and so depending where you were standing in the, the space it would create a different experience and then the third movement was based on sympathetic resonance and I worked with another composer and he we recorded a bunch of sounds that were created in different ways through sympathetic resonance and had some of the instruments that we were using in the space and so they would we were kind of playing with those in a live improvisational way, but then people from the audience were also able to kind of pluck those instruments and play them as well. So they were kind of adding to this soundscape um, that was going on. And, you know, and then the last movement was an exploration of resonance from a more kind of artistic and psychological standpoint and human standpoint. And I worked with some dancers to do a dance choreography um, based on, it was a love affair between humanity, art, and science. And I, I had a, a piano composition that I had written and I had a dress that I had made that took my brain waves and translated them into different light and color. So depending on how active certain brain waves were, my dress would change colors. So it was, you know, it was a combination of dance and visual experience and sensors and, you know, and this is just kind of, and this was my expression. This is kind of really the first time I feel like taking that initial kind of experience of like step into my brain and here's my brain. <laughs> and so that's, I think, you know, the, the dress was very, you know, uh, symbolic of like me just trying to, you know, I, I think communicate my brain. I think that's kind of made where it all started actually. <laughs> from back to forward is uh, feeling like my brain is this crazy place and I you know when I imagine these things they're just very immersive and very experiential and so I just want and I just feel like I want to communicate my brain because I think it's a magical place and it's this beautiful I mean I've always been fascinated by my brain and the things it can do and how it brings me into how it creates these experiences and these for me, these imaginative experiences. And so, yeah, so that was a, my thesis. And then kind of since then, I've just been diving into that world and starting to create more and more productions in these spaces and, you know, starting to figure out how to tour them, how to make them financially uh, sustainable and how to continue to build and grow on these, yeah, these concepts and kind of be able to share them more and more with, with people. Thank you. It's very beautiful to hear your story. It's wonderful to be with you and virtually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen each other in a long time. And um, yeah. you seem very happy and uh, it's wonderful uh, was, uh, to, to experience your work recently as I had through your website. And um, so I'm glad that you would be part of this project. And I, I say thank you. 
Yeah, well, thank you. I feel honored that you thought of me. So it was great to connect with you. And yeah, we'll talk soon. So bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. This is Immerse, the podcast and book. Immerse is produced by Charlie Morrow, Sean McCann, and Bart Plantenga for Morrow Sound, Vermont and Helsinki, and Recital Edition, Los Angeles. An empty shell fall back into the sea.